wow, that's new. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Double Team to Fam. How are we doing today? Hey guys, we have another wonderful pod for you to check out. You've heard her on our show. You've seen her on our stories. You've seen her on Broke Girl Therapy. She is Nicoletta Heidegger, and she is the host of Sluts and Scholars podcast. This podcast is absolutely amazing. I love listening to her episodes. So informative. And also, Nicoletta's voice is just so soothing. Give it a listen. Let us know what you think. Have you ever felt judged for your sexual choices or your sexuality? Ever been called a slut? Whether you're in politics, a parent, a sex worker, or just wearing a short dress, people make assumptions about you, your character, and your ability to be a competent professional based on who you did last night. My name is Nicoletta Heidegger, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist, and I am here to invite you to join me in taking back the word slut on my podcast, Sluts and Scholars. Sluts and Scholars is an interview-style podcast that features diverse professionals who also like and value sex, or at least talking about it. Join in as we discuss how to navigate sexuality in this culture by having conversations that will help you talk smart and fuck smarter. With a wide array of sex-positive and shame-free topics, there is something for you to elevate your pleasure. Sluts and Scholars is a proud member of the Pleasure Podcast Network, and you can find out more info, subscribe, and listen at slutsandscholars.com. Uh, when is this releasing? In the new year. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, but it, it's releasing like late June, so I can't say Happy New Year. Anyways, how are we doing, guys? Glad you made it. Happy pre-Friday. Um, today, we have a very special guest. His name is... Is it he, him, your prime? Okay, perfect. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I should have asked before. Um, anyways, his name is Frank Arthur Smith. He is the creator, star, and producer of Open To It. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Cammy Nikki. Yeah, of course. course. Okay, wait. wait. So tell us a little about tell us a little bit about yourself. You're in a poly relationship. I am in what I would call an open relationship. We don't use the word polyamorous actually very often for the reason that um, we have, you know, uh, multiple partners, but I wouldn't say it's like a primary secondary situation for Mm. us. Like we mostly, uh, you know, uh, see people together and um, it can either be like casual or someone we see more regularly as like a friend. Um, with emotional, sexual, and spiritual benefits. So how... Oh, spiritual benefits. Yeah, we do love spiritual. <laughs> I don't know if we want to go down that rabbit Like, hole. are y'all doing tarot together or like ayahuasca? I'm... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what range? Um, <laughs> no, I, I love when people do tarot. I actually consider it to be like very bonding, but no, um, no partners offered that before. Okay. Yet. All good. Oh, we should have brought our tarot. Cammy and I do tarot. <gasps> yeah. We could have done a tarot spread. But you can go and come it. back. I'll just, I'll keep them entertained while you're gone. If you oh. want to <laughs> <laughs> we live right down the street. Yeah. Um, um, no, wait. but, oh, go ahead. I was going to ask if you could maybe quickly describe Open To It. Yes. So Open To It is a uh, queer comedy web series. It's about a couple that's experimenting with being open for the first time um, and the silly, sexy situations that arise from that. Because what I was seeing in the gay web series space was um, a lot of discussions of polyamory and non-monogamy, but often in like a downtrodden, heavy kind of way where it's like, this couple's over. And I wanted to show an angle of that that was like more fun and upbeat because it's 2023 almost. No, it is as of this podcast. And Mm -hmm. I think we are 
we're there. We can definitely show that perspective and not just the heavy, sad one. And also like naked, hot people being funny. What more could you ask for? Mm. I know. I saw the little trailer and the (laughs) abs. There was like a whole montage of abs. And I was like, I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. Well, so when, how did you and your partner come to being open? Yeah. Who initiated? I feel like there's always, were you previously monogamous and then went uh, non-monogamous? Yes, we were uh, monogamous for a year. um, And then what happened was he had a friend uh, from out of town. And the only thing that's odd about this story was to this day, he's like, I don't know how I met him. And for a while I thought he was just like (laughs) stonewalling me. And he's like, no, no, I actually don't remember. I'm like, okay. Um, But so he visited us and was being very flirtatious and we were just kind of like, what do you think? What do you think? Um, and then it happened. And the next day we were like, that was fun. We should like, uh, you know, maybe do that every so often. And so over the next like year or so, the opportunity would arise uh, usually through, we met like a couple people through field and then, um, which was Thrinder at the time, RIP, great name. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Mm-hmm. It changed. <laughs> and then we, uh, we got to have, uh, you know, some some friendships arise that were nice. And then uh, the thing that opened it up further was I went to work on a show in Prague for five weeks. Mm. And that was the moment where I was the one who initiated, hey, we're going to be apart for five weeks. Would you consider like us seeing people solo? Because we hadn't done it up until that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I f- was housed one minute from the closest gay bar. So that's just, you know, the phrase I use. That's fucking fish in a barrel right there. Um, <laughs> so I had a great time and he saw a few people too. And when we ca- since we've come back together, like that's sort of the rhythm is when one of us is out of town, maybe we'll see someone, maybe we won't, but mostly like everything happens together. Oh, wow. I like it. Yeah. So similar to, well, Nikki started her yeah, very open similar. relationship. I feel bad. The listeners have heard this like 80 times. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, it's guys. It's for me. Strap in. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, but my my ex-husband and I, we were monogamous, but then we were both pilots. And so mm. we were always traveling for work. Oh. And, um, you know, that's kind of how it came up for us, too. We were like, well, we're young and hot and mm-hmm. we're apart. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to maybe explore. And so then that's kind of how it started. And I'm tired of saying no when everyone asked me about the Mile High Club. So babe, help me out with this. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my God. That was the number one question. Because I always I put on my dating apps. Or at least I had like a picture of me like in an airplane or nice. something. And they'd be like, you fly airplanes? Have you joined the Mile High Club? And I'm like, actually, no. Actually, no. So do y'all have a profile together or separate on the dating apps so we actually don't um haven't used apps in a really long time Uh, yeah well that's not true like when we're on we haven't used field in like yeah years uh grinder occasionally when we're like on a trip together um but sometimes we just you know use our charming personalities at the bar and when that's not working grinder um (laughs) (laughs) but when we're local in la like the uh, special friendships, as my mom would call them, that have arisen. Um, that's just been through meeting people at parties and stuff, uh, which I'm proud of us for because I think we both have a degree of social anxiety. And it was the Prague trip that truly taught me how to approach people. I was very mm. bad at it before mm-hmm. that, but I was on my own in a foreign city and was like, okay, well, I want to meet people. I want to meet sexy people. So I developed a rhythm of like going to the bar, just front loading, having a few drinks, loosening up a little bit. And then my method was like, I'm just going to look like I'm having a good time and I don't need anybody. So I would like dance at the bar. They had really good music. Um, 
I mean, it was like a little 10 years behind, like where the U.S. was in terms of like, but I, that's my pod, uh, iPod too. So that was super fine for me. Um, pop music from 10, a decade ago. And that worked. Like people really, I think, appreciated that I seemed to be having fun without any assistance from anybody else. And I seemed very approachable and I got to know a nice number of people that way. Love that. I want to be able to do that. I feel like I struggle with like going to a bar solo and like approaching people. Yeah. But one of my goals is to get better at that because I always have Nikki with me. But I'm like, would I be okay doing it on my own? Uh, I think I would just wait to be approached. Mm -hmm. I think I'm. That's true. Not to toot my own. (laughs) (laughs) I'm attractive. Okay, I think people would, you know, just come up and then I'd be like, you know, decide. That is true. If I'm, but I'm not. I mean, I'm not above shooting my shot. I'm not saying that. (laughs) I'm just saying I've done that. You know, for for the sake of like not having to go through like the whole anxious process of like, Mm. okay, let me prepare myself. What am I gonna say? See the shoes. You know, like whatever, and then go up to them. I would just. I feel like I was better when I was younger at approaching Mm. people. Now I'm like, there is that social anxiety, and I'm like, actually, never mind. I'm gonna. Yeah. I don't know if dating apps help that or not either. I don't think they do. That is Cause true. yeah, now you can just go on the app and just talk yeah. to them on, in your living room and make sure to see if it's like a good connection. So what has been your favorite part about, well, I mean like, how do you feel your relationship has like grown in being open? Um, I mean, I just feel like it has strengthened the trust and commitment, which I think is an answer that would surprise people, but mm-hmm. having a successful open relationship requires you to like communicate and check in a lot. And so I think it's promoted like, you know, that level of awareness, not just in the sexual department, but in general being very careful with one another's well-being and caring a lot. And yeah, I think some people are afraid that like it's the sort of thing that rocks the foundation of a relationship. But for me, like it has very much strengthened it. And I would like say to more people who think uh, it's not for them that you might be surprised how if you and your partner are two like very considerate, horny people, it might like actually be exactly what will work for you. You never know. Mm-hmm. I agree. I feel I felt like in my marriage, it definitely strengthened our um, communication, our kind of our processes in a way because mm-hmm. we were checking in so much and yeah. like just had to re- it required so much more like not effort, I guess, in a way, <laughs> just because like you're kind of figuring it out. It's something new, obviously. And, you know, you're changing something about your relationship. So, you know, you're it's you're kind of like hyper aware of it. But also yeah. it it also kind of along the way, I remember it always used to like remind me why I loved my husband so much at yeah. the time. We split for different reasons. It wasn't necessarily non-monogamy related. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I look back at it and I was in we there were a lot of things that we did great that I apply to my relationships now. Mm. And then there are a lot of things that I learned that I also apply to my non-monogamous relationships now. So I think I I always hate the narrative that people think, you know, non-monogamy means like there's a lack of trust or a lack of Mm -hmm. commitment or a lack of respect for each other. But if anything, like a lot of the non-monogamous relationships I've seen are shining examples of trust, commitment and respect and love for each other. But TikTok doesn't seem to think so. No, at least the comment section doesn't. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna have to I'm actually yeah new to TikTok and I will have to have some choice words with people about my my angle on things and honestly it's also been just a confidence strengthener mm-hmm. and not for the basic reason of like being you know uh adored by the masses so that's great but um <laughs> no that like I think we both of us can take rejection pretty easily because like oh, it yeah. happens yeah. like and when it happens like you know more often than never because you're in a completely committed relationship, I think you get a little bit um, anesthetized to it. And like Mm. it's, and we're both good at like just being like, 
we're hot. He's stupid. So <laughs> it's, great, it's great to have that voice. That's not just your own saying that. Yeah. I definitely think that like, um, you know, when you develop your kind of philosophies around non-monogamy and everything mm-hmm. and you start to look at relationships differently, rejection becomes easier because you start to realize like not everyone is your love story. Yeah. And I know we've well talked, yeah, we've talked about that before in other episodes, but it's like, I think in the, in the monogamous community, which is the majority. <laughs> but you know, everyone. Yeah, every, but, but the thing is, it's like, you know, they're dating to marry and they're dating to marry monogamously. Mm-hmm. And so then if they meet someone and they get rejected by that person, they're like, oh my God, either something's wrong with me. You know, like I, yeah. like, why didn't it work out? They kind of like tend to hyper focus on it. And they're like, something's wrong. It's supposed to work out. I like them. They like me. Da, 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 da. When really it was like, maybe, you know, you guys had a great connection, but you're incompatible in some areas. You can't move forward and like, that's okay. Go find someone else. Like there's someone else out there. But like, it's it's just so different, I think, between like the monogamous and the non-monogamous communities because we have such like different philosophies. Absolutely. And it's one of, yeah. It's one of several factors, I think, that has made us... Oh, no, I lost the point. I, I had a good reveal here, and it's, it's gone. <gasps> oh, oh it's okay. no. It I hate when that happens. No, no. I had to itch my nose. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for stalling with the nose itch. Okay. Uh, we uh, can uh, cut uh, that out. Yeah, There's right. so many times that I'm, like, itching my nose, but Nicole's <laughs> making a good point, so I'm like, I've oh, got to keep it in there. <laughs> there was one... There was one clip where it legit looked like I had my entire finger up there, but I didn't. I didn't. And it was horrible. But anyways, I did mean to ask because you mentioned your mom earlier. Do you? Well, I mean, you've got a whole TV show about it now. Mm. So like I assume all your friends and family know. You know, there is some good uh, deductive reasoning going on, I would say, on the part of our family (laughs) members. Uh, And to my pleasant surprise, like my dad thinks the show's hysterical. Like Matt's parents really like it. And um my mom is still confused about the concept and is like, and she watched the first episode and she's like, I didn't like when you cheated on your boyfriend. I'm like, no, mom, it's an open relationship. It's consensual. She's like, I don't know. So she, like, you know, but she still is able to be entertained by the comedy and whatnot. And so because both of our families, you know, approve of it, I'm kind of like open to it. Fun for the whole family. Mm. Oh, that's awesome, though. I mean, yeah, I, I, especially with our parents, you know, they kind of come from a little bit of a different generation. Mm. Um, I think it's... You know, even though it definitely existed in their time, it's still something that was like probably very under wraps. And now, like, you know, our generations are far more open about it. But, um, you know, it's nice to see when they can like come around to it and accept it and like, you know, yeah, just make us feel normal in a way or whatever it is like you're Mm. brave for showing that when nikki and i created the podcast Mm. we were like mom this is what it is don't ever listen Listen to it (laughs) not a single episode not one episode please i don't think she even like i don't think we even let her follow us on social media because oh we like blocked everyone in our family from like the social media because we post clips on there and stuff you know that's fair i you know it just kind of, uh, it kind of happened, I guess, because like there was a screening here. We've done like several film festivals in LA and Boston and what have you. And Matt's nice. family really wanted to go and my family really wanted to go. And I was like, I think this is just happening. Here we go. Um, <laughs> um, and not only were they very supportive, but then uh, all our friends were incredibly amused and like we're walking up to them and be like, so what'd you think of that? Like they were hoping they would be more scandalized than they were. Mm. Oh my God. I see. Well, so, and how much do y'all reveal on the the show? Do you? Well, the thing I think some, like, 
people gauge that like I wouldn't be writing about this if I didn't have a vested interest in like, mm-hmm. you know, destigmatizing polyamory, which is true. I think where people make the misstep sometimes is assuming it's like completely autobiographical, which it's not. Like yeah. I I have had like amusing experiences in my life, which like occasionally get adapted into situations on the show. But mm-hmm. like the characters are very much like not my fiance and I like they are very much like just like I think I play an exaggerated version of myself, but the character who plays my boyfriend is like not him in the slightest. Mm. Wait, stand by. Joel, is that camera good? Yes. Okay. I didn't see it. I just want to make sure it's still filming, but that was all. Okay. Okay. I think I needed that to have a separation because when I was like first writing the show, it was a little too close to home. And mm. my fiance was like, okay, you, you're you going to go crazy if you're confusing Frank and Greg. Like they are different people and you need to write it that way. And I, was I like, could okay, see that. So that, that helped uh, open it up a lot. I know you mentioned that you kind of want to, you know, you want to show more of like the fun side of it and like yeah, the positive, yeah. which I agree because, um, you know, we definitely always try to keep it light and mm. there we've had heavy episodes or, you know, we'll, sure. we'll discuss heavy topics, but for the most part, we just, we like talking about like the fun aspects of it or kind of like the quirky stories, all that. Um, and so I know you guys kind of have that same goal where you want it to be like fun and upbeat, mm-hmm. but I guess my question would be like, what's kind of like the message, um, or how do you want to portray non-monogamy through this show? Yeah, so we're getting to a really exciting point in the series because we have filmed um, half of season two at this point, mm. and in uh, in the first half of season two, we meet like my boy, my in laws, basically on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, who I, it should also be said are not based on my actual in laws; very different, but they are <laughs> wonderful. Um, <laughs> but that being said, like I had always intended to introduce those characters because I wanted the discussion not just to be around. Um, you know, two gay men and their relationship, which obviously starts it all off. But then we see like the women next door who are in a relationship and their exploration of non-monogamy. And then we track the parents journey in the next few episodes. And like, what does being open mean for them? And for them, it's a little different where like one of them reads like a Fifty Shades of Grey type novel is like, babe, what if you tie me up? And like, they feel like that is so huge for them and like are so afraid people will find out. And that's part of the comedy of it is like that their son is like swinging off the rafters and they're just like, (laughs) doing a like husband and wife little like little rope around the wrist and they're like oh my god we're such freaks Um, and so the message of the show I would say is like as long as there is consent and communication that any relation format is valid you can have monogamy you can have polyamory anything in between it's about the partners being happy and in it together I love that I want to be on this show (laughs) can I give you my contact you sure can (laughs) but no but not acting we're not actors I can act I think I could do it I I was thinking about it not that long ago I was like I think I could act no I know your capabilities and I love you. I actually do want um, the one of the characters to be on a well to be on a podcast about sex. And right. So you you and Karen, Lee and Cam can fight to the death about whether it's yours or theirs, you know, (laughs) but double teamed is so fun. And don't give me about sex talk with my mom. is fun. But But this is our show, not there. So (laughs) who doesn't Uh, love double team? Oh, my God. No, but I would. uh, the show sounds great and I need to go watch more of it because I've only seen clips so far. Yeah. But um, ah, dang it. I had a question. What was it? Oh, have y'all, have y'all been to sex parties? We have. Yes. <laughs> I love, are you, do you not want to say, do you want to talk about it? Um, what do I want to say about sex parties? Well, Here's the thing. Some of the material might make it onto the show. So like the first sex party, which was an accidental sex party, uh, 
you know, I'm Wait, like, should I hang on to that story? <laughs> was it an orgy or a sex party? Here's what I thought it was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we thought we had met these two nice guys at a bar and we're going back to their place um, to have more drinks. For uh, like a foursome, maybe. Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, when we walked in, they were already having sex with a third person we had not yet met. Um, and then uh, other people kept coming in, going bug eyed and leaving. So I was like, Oh, they're trying to initiate a surprise orgy, which viewers at home may know surprise does not allow for consent. No. So um, informed consent uh, for sex parties, I would argue, is big. And so we eventually I could say we left with our dignity intact. But <laughs> what actually happened was we were just frozen, uncomfortable and like still in that people pleasing phase of our lives where we couldn't just up and leave this non-consensual situation. Uh, so instead, you would have thought we were being fired from an entertainment job because they're like, <laughs> you know, it's just not the right fit. I think we need to go in a different direction. Um, you guys can go. And I was like, did I just get fired from the surprise orgy? <laughs> and the answer is yes, we did. You know, it's funny because the first sex party that one of my partners went to was also a surprise. Oh, my. <laughs> wow. In Miami. He <laughs> went to um, he went to space. Mm-hmm. He was there for a guy's trip. And this was actually space is a club in Miami. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> this was actually weeks before we were supposed to go to our first sex party together. Mm-hmm. Anyways, imagine my surprise when I wake up to a phone to a phone call and he was like, Apparently, he was just blown out of his mind on substances. Ooh. Oh. Um, <laughs> at space. No, at space. <laughs> at space. And then these two Russian chicks were like, do you want to come back to my place for a party? Mm. And then it ended up The Russians being, did discover the moon first, so this does track. Yeah, so, and then it ended up being... A whole like a, a sex party, but he didn't know what to do, and he wasn't. And everybody, he didn't know anybody, right? Because mm. you know this is a completely new city, <laughs> and uh, so he ended up just being the DJ for the night, <laughs> 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 like just just playing songs on his oh phone. Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah. so that that is definitely my life because the second uh, sex party we went to, which was consensual, we were still a little bit too shy to really participate. So our role became. I guess you could call it comedy fluffer, where when people were taking a break from the sex, we were like, so how about that hot tub, huh? And just basically became the court jesters of the orgy. <laughs> um, and we made friends from that because people were like, these guys are funny. When I'm not inside someone, I, they make me laugh. So, um, you, you know, we found our niche and that was a very memorable evening. You know, I love sex that. parties, the first few are very daunting because mm-hmm. you don't know what to do. No, no. And I, I know, I feel like the first one I went to, it was like, do I look like I'm going to a business meeting <laughs> or a sex party? And I really mm. pulled that on my, cause I, I posted my outfit and it was just a black dress with pointed toe heels. And I was like, I look like I'm going to a freaking business meeting, but no, it was for a sex party. I, I never took the dress off. I can see that Instagram post of like sex party or business meeting. You decide. <laughs> yeah. Voting. There were two of those. Cause the next one I went to, same thing. I was like, I look like I'm going to a meeting. But <laughs> Oh, is that the one you wore a blazer too? Yes. Mm-hmm. Actually, and I wore a blazer with uh, no top, but I always feel like you were more comfortable at them than I was. I felt like after my first one, um, yeah, I really embraced them. And yeah, I would say I, it, it, like to me, they felt like a very natural environment. And so um, I really like them. I can't I, I hope to host my own sex party someday. I know. Yeah, that's a, that's on the uh, gay agenda for us. I think like, though, 
everyone's style is different. So I have I have questions for you about it because sure. um, the ones we tend to visit are sort of like naked cocktail parties. And so for us, it's like we actually often like will not have sex at a sex party. We just like enjoy mm-hmm. meeting people and like, you know, almost business, like getting some contact info yeah. um, and then meeting up later. And then, yeah. Um, it's like networking. <laughs> you got a network to get laid. Um, but also uh, what's interesting is some of them, I don't know, like different ones have different persuasions. Like sometimes it's like a costume party, but then it gets naked. Sometimes it starts naked. And I'm curious, like with the ones you've gone to, like, do they start naked, stay naked? Do like, sometimes is it just kind of like, eh, if we're feeling it, it'll happen. If not, it won't. Like, um, cause that's an interesting, but informed consent situation that I've enjoyed where we went and the host has been like, it has turned sexy in the past. It might not tonight. Although inevitably it like does. So, but, but it's nice to know it might not. <laughs> I see that. I think it depends on like whether, cause like we've gone, we, I think it depends on the crowd a little bit and how, um, that's what we go for. to are mainly swingers. Mm-hmm. I know, but I would also say that like, I think it depends on the crowd and like how many of them have like prior experience in sex parties because we go to like house parties and then we also go to ones hosted at like clubs like yes, Kinky Rabbit yeah. and Sanctum, et cetera. And what I've noticed is if it's a crowd that's like very comfortable with sex parties, the first hour is like mingling, drinks, everything. And then after that, it's just like everyone's naked for the rest of the time. Mm, okay. And they're okay. just it's not naked. They're fucking. But, you know, various amounts of clothes on or off. Yeah. Oh, but interesting. The, but, okay. But, yeah. Okay. But there's like sex everywhere. Um, and then I've noticed there have been others where like, especially if it's a newer crowd, people that haven't been before, um, then it kind of just turns into like. A cocktail party where like someone may you know two people may go to the bathroom and like bang in the bathroom and like mm-hmm. you know that's it or like maybe you know a couple hours in some people here and there and people will go like watch and that's like that's about it so i one time went to well it was a rufus dusol concert and afterwards <laughs> it was with my swinger friends and then afterwards we all went to their house but they had invited some of their vanilla friends Oh, yeah. The rest were the swinger friends that are all used to having sex with each other. So then half the room turns into fog machine and playtime. And then the other half is just like, what's Traumatized. going on? Traumatized. Mm. So, but they stayed. They just, they, they stayed and talked. And I was there. They're probably curious. No, I know. And I was there and I was just, you know, hanging out with two of my friends talking. Um, and this one guy like, tries to get me to participate and I was like that's not my night tonight mm, but that's not my, I love that. <laughs> so, yeah um so, so yeah, yeah I would say it's it just kind of, of, yeah it depends I would say it depends on the crowd and, and mm. can kind of also depend on like the environment that the place creates I hate this and then the other yeah I've said that before and then the other permutation I've seen is like um some people I think like if I were to host one ever, it would definitely be like a curated group of uh, sexy, smart people. Um, But I see some people who like maybe will post it on an app and like anybody can show up. And um, I don't know. I think like I've been to situations like that that were actually lovely, but I don't know if like I want anyone in my home if I haven't met them before. That's not my particular vibe. I have some things I don't want broken when people are jumping around. So, you know. (laughs) Well, see, that's why, like, I'd want to vet people. Like, I would love to host, like, my own, like, orgy or sex party, but I also don't like people at my house. (laughs) (laughs) So. That is a hindrance. So so in Dating for Dummies, um, the card set, not the book, I one time read about a great idea the 
a woman who was writing it had where she invited over a bunch of people to what she called a breakfast of ex champions where <laughs> everyone brought an ex and a number of couples formed from this. So I think if you slant that towards a sex party where everyone brings someone they have had sex with in the past, um, I think some some magic could happen. I love that. Now I kind of want to host that. Okay, That's that phenomenal. Fun. Fun. And then they're automatically vetted, like you said. Uh, this was called a breakfast of ex champions. Breakfast. Wait, so would so you and your partner date people together? Mm. And would you have you had like long standing? What's your longest standing relationship with the third? That's a great or kind question. Of like, yeah. Um. So. We have had a few like longer term ones, maybe like a year or so, but then oh. they they moved away. Uh, not because they, you know, were done with us. I don't think. One moved out of the country, so now I'm like, hmm, couldn't get far enough away. Uh, yeah, so I think like there's never been like a formal end to any of them. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like uh, time marches on, which I I prefer. Like I think. You know, it's it's nice that like when it's it's over, it's like over and they haven't had to ghost us. We haven't had to ghost them. It's just kind of like it sort of reverts to friendship and then they uh, leave the country. So it works mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> well, and it, could be, it could turn into like a satellite situation. You know, maybe you end up in Italy. You're like, hey, you're yeah. here. No, he here. did. He did visit the U.S. actually. And um, we had a nice few nights together again. And we still uh, talk to him regularly on Zoom. That was one of the nice things is like before the pandemic, I would have thought, well, see you when I see you're in a different continent but like now I'm like oh we can still have a relationship with you so um but his personal rule is he doesn't want to do any online type of stuff like he's Mm -hmm. like I'll I'll be happy to in person but that's not my vibe that's fine yeah Yeah, at least he communicates we love a boundary we do Mm -hmm. love a boundary Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I did want to ask on the on the show in your writing are you kind of including you know in the way that you portray the relationships Mm. are you doing some that are like some that are longer term some like are they all kind of like different dynamics between them and kind of showing like the variety that you can experience with a non-monogamy yeah so it's been interesting because when I first conceived the show I really thought it was going to be like a fling of the week repeatable format but then the guy who played the first third Jason Casares who plays Princeton like he was just so magnetic and charming on screen and I was like oh I can't get rid of him he's fantastic um and Jason, if you're listening, please forget this because I don't want to inflate your ego anymore. But um, <laughs> yeah, so he is very much like sort of the recurring like will they, won't they of the show, which is fun to have with like a main couple. But then like should they end up together as a throuple one day and then they have um, other hookups that like last maybe an episode or two along the way. Um, but I was recently talking about the end of the show with my fiance and we kind of were like, I think that will be the unresolved question is like, do they end up a throuple or do they not? Because um, I think it's what the audience is. Is wondering as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would love to see more like well, healthy representations of longer term relationships in you know TV and such. Yeah, I know there have been some shows that have shown um, non monogamous or polyamorous relationships, and we still need to watch them. What Which I need ones? to watch some of the shows. I think I feel like there's been some. Yeah, we haven't seen all of them, and so I know there's been like a variety of portrayals. Mm. But like, I would love to see if there were if I would love to see more where they showed like long standing like solid throuples or quads or something just for that representation because as much as like non-monogamy is really fun and and casual or it can be casual in nature um and it allows for like a very fluid philosophy and everything at the same time like 
I, I want people to see that like it can have longevity. Yes. Yeah. And that was one of the, before I produced the show and it was still in the writing phase was a little hard for me to get some people to understand. Like one friend read the first few episodes and was like, Oh, I love seeing this a couple at the beginning of the end. And I was like, no, that is explicitly not what the show is about. Mm. And that was hard for some people to um, envision that this could be like a happy, healthy couple going on this journey together. But that like the will they or won't they wasn't with the two of them. Like mm. they I never intend to dangle a breakup over their head because um, I don't know one that's like never been my personal status. And so I don't feel the need to put that into fiction. But also um, I think we need that sort of healthy representation. The way a friend put it to me which I repeat a lot because it really resonated was take a show like Friday Night Lights where you have this monogamous heterosexual couple when they're having a baby, when they're buying a house, the question, the drama isn't, oh, are they going to break up over this? It's like, how are they going to get through this together? And that's very much how I see Cam and Greg on the show's uh, non-monogamous journey. It's how are they going to go through this situation? How are they going to figure this out? Like it's always about learning and growing together. It's not, is this the thing that breaks them up? That's absolutely not the intention. I love, I love that. that. That's yeah. a great point to oh be made. Yeah. You're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what we need. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, it's true because like so often in, in non-monogamous relationships, like people expect all those like big things to like be like a fork in the road where you either like yeah. break up or stay together, you know, but then like in monogamy, you know, we kind of expect everyone to like always, they're going to be fine. It's a team. They're going to work through it. And th so we're like, uh, we don't get that same kind yeah. of like the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Unconsciously, I think people root for your failure sometimes because oh, yeah. your success invalidates their relationship structure mm -hmm. in their minds versus the way I see it is like, as I've said, monogamy and polyamory and everything in between have their uh, great fits for mm -hmm. all kinds of people. Like my successful open relationship does not invalidate your successful closed relationship. Like mm -hmm. we are just going for different things and that's totally fine. And I, I, I would love for people to like, in general, I mean, around sex, but in everything, like someone having a different, even personality from you doesn't mean your personality is wrong. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, so. definitely. I feel like, and I, I haven't really even practiced or, you know, had non-monogamous relationships. Mm -hmm. I've more so just kept an open mind, especially I started, the listeners already know this. Song, <laughs> Again, um, I'm new, strap in and strap on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I started reading about like, more non-monogamous, um, you know, or polyamorous relationships through reverse harem fiction. Mm, okay. And that's how Nikki and I started like talking about it. And then her and her um, ex-husband were actually, you know, practicing non-monogamy and having mm -hmm. an open relationship. And once I learned about their relationship, um, then it just, it just kind of opened my mind. And I feel like even though I haven't really had a non-monogamous relationship, I've just been kind of just more open-minded I feel like it's already just helped me so much and like seeing the way that relationships can go and just be, negotiated. be fruitful yeah. and how things yeah. can be discussed and all that fun stuff and not like monogamy is not the only option. Absolutely. And I love having that. Mm -hmm. So even whether I practice it or not, I love that I can just have these options and I can be like, well, you know, I can go to someone and be like, you know what? I want this to be open 
you know, are you willing to do this with me or not? If not, then I can find someone else. And I would say like the female couple on the show, one identifies as lesbian and one is bisexual. And that's like their journey is that they flirt with like non-monogamy and one is feeling a little more into it than the other one. And then they have to reconcile like, can this work for us? And Mm -hmm. I think that is a perfectly valid story to pursue as well that some people try it out and it's not a fit and that's fine. And some people try it out and it's the fit, you know, Um, I definitely am not here trying to say like, Bali's the only way. Um, So I think, and I will say like, I get reached out to because I work in entertainment and um, a lot of people from like my high school and college like want to pursue that road. And so alumni will like connect with me. And I've been very taken by the number of like heterosexual people, especially men who can like see the show and really respond to it and find it like funny and entertaining and educational. So I, I just really believe in Gen Z. I think they like, I'm I feel like when I was their age, I would have been more like, oh my, with a show like this. And they're just like, no, this is like what I want to see more of. So Mm -hmm. yeah, um, even if it's not for them, absolutely, they're more open-minded to it. It doesn't have to be a reflection of their life and values for them to like appreciate it, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, empathy people, live it, learn it, love it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's one of the things we always champion on our show is just like choose, you know, whatever relationship structure works for you, but just make sure you choose it because that's what you want. Not what society tells you. Yes. And definitely, yeah, not, oh man, it's taken so many years of like unpacking the people pleasing. And I'm very grateful. I have a partner who's been on that journey with me and yeah, like not, you know what the main difference is now that makes me so happy in my relationship? When I was in college and dating, quite uh, unsuccessfully, I very much thought it was like, how can I contort myself to please someone else? I thought like the relationship is basically, I was taking all the weight on myself and like, I need to change, I need to adapt, I need to move if I'm to make this person love me. But what I learned from one of my good friends actually is to date is to be known not mm. to be liked. And that was very life changing for me because I was like, I obviously I'm always working on myself. Like therapy is wonderful. I believe in self-improvement and growth, but like I can also come as I am and I don't have to make all the concessions in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like we get to show up both of us and decide whether we are for mm-hmm. each other. Like I never believed, Oh, on a job interview, you're interviewing them too. But now I very much live by that of like, it needs to be the right fit on both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, and I, I feel you on the people pleasing because Mm -hmm. I am just now starting to do the work on that and it's a lot. I love the perspective of a female, um, two females together and one is bisexual and one is lesbian because I would Mm -hmm. definitely be interested in seeing how that dynamic would work out. Yeah. I've seen it a little bit like on TikTok and like, you know, people always ask like the questions of like, well, uh, people have a really hard time believing bisexuality. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, on the female side, they're like, you're just experimenting. And then on the guy side, they're like, you're just gay. And so, and like, it sucks because you're like, no, what if I actually genuinely like feel like either a sectional, sec- sexual, romantic, or both kind of connection with like both genders? And so. I would be really interested to see kind of how that plays out in the show and everything. No, honestly, through a combination of having very talented game actors and what I want to show, it's sort of at the point where I'm like, do I have too many bisexuals on the show now? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it allows for so many like aligning of parts and storylines. So I, I ain't going to stop. <laughs> I love that. That's great. No. Nikki's theory is we're all a little bi. Mm-hmm, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer of that. Mm-hmm. Very firm. <laughs> <laughs> firm. <laughs> I think so. And like, honestly, actually, it's funny you brought that up because I feel the same way about, uh, you know, sexuality, like in terms of like gay, straight, bi is like I do about, I think relationships 
format is like, I would love for everyone to be open to the possibility, but like, yeah, being bi isn't right for everybody. Like experimenting isn't right for everybody, but oh man, if it's right for you, it is right for you. Like mm-hmm. I still remember the moment in college where I was like having my first experience with a man and there was just this like wave that came over me of like, this feels right. Like mm-hmm. this is what it was supposed to be. Um, and he was like a, a big old jerk. So the fact that like I could even feel that with him yeah. tells you, yeah, the, the chemistry was right. I think everyone, I mean, or at least I'm a firm believer in that, you know, everyone should give themselves an opportunity to explore a variety of things, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of the, the fuck around and find out kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean yeah. it like, you know, I, when I entered my monogamous marriage, like a, I never thought that I would become non-monogamous Oh yeah. and B yeah. like, I never thought that I, that I was bisexual. I mean, I had an inkling, but, um, <laughs> but like, you know, back the evidence then, pointed to <laughs> all the lesbian porn, <laughs> but it's, something, something's up here. <laughs> it's true though. I was like the way I saw myself, I was just like, so sure that that's like what I was. But then like, once I actually like kind of gave myself an opportunity to explore it, I'm like, no, there's more to me mm-hmm. than I ever thought. And like, as you kind of uncover that, like, it just brings so much more like self-awareness, self-love, okay. self, you know, um, validation. And so like, I, I guess I wish more people would just give themselves an opportunity to, to see where they lie on the spectrum. Cause I think both, you know, like relationships yeah. and sexuality, like they're all on a spectrum. Absolutely. There's no like black and white or like specific, you know? So, and um, 10 years ago, I didn't see like my relationship, my career, like being what they are now. And I, it's honestly a comfort sometimes when like something goes right, wrong, or like, I don't get something I was going after that. I'm like, you know, you didn't think this was going to be what it was and you are so happy with what you have. So like, just be open to like, sometimes the universe knows a little better than you and it's just gonna, you know, be open to the possibilities. A thousand percent. That's how I feel too. You know, I, like, you know, now I have a podcast about non-monogamy. I'm like exploring all of this, mm-hmm. like a very, um, and, it, and it, it, I also had one of those moments where I was like, it feels right. Yeah, and like, I can, yeah. there's no going back to monogamy mm-hmm. for me. I even remember I was one time I was like, you know, me, especially after my divorce, I was like, maybe I'll have to like give someone monogamy for like a year to like set, you know, build a foundation and then do non-monogamy. And then I sat there and I was like, no, I don't have to do that. I can find someone that will like accept me. And like, I don't have to like concede a big part of my identity and part of like what feels right for me to build security with someone. Like I can, I can do the two at the same time. So one of my friends who is, uh, identifies as polyamorous is a really good friend of mine also has the pension for like, uh, attracting straight men. And I'm like, well, (laughs) we don't, we don't live the same life, but good for you. Um, but he, uh, we had a very interesting conversation one time where like the great part about doing what I do and I think doing what you do is people feel very comfortable expressing themselves to you. Mm -hmm. So like people will come up to me and be like, you know, my partner and I are not monogamous. Almost like they're saying like, I'm Republican. Um, um, And it, it's been so beautiful to be able to share those discussions with people. Um, But the counterpart has arisen once or twice where um, I have a couple friends where one very much wants to be polyamorous and the partner does not. And they don't talk to me anymore because Mm. the show and what I was trying to put out into the world were very threatening to them Mm -hmm. or one of them anyway. One still follows my stories all the time. So I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) Um, and you know, that's tough. I like them a lot and I wish them a lot of happiness and it's tough not having them in my life. But what my friend, the polyamorous one said, you know, I think the person you are, like you want your life to be a crowded party. 
And sometimes some people are going to have to leave the party so other people can walk in. And I do feel like that's been the journey that like I maybe have lost a couple people that I felt I was close to, but the num- the people who've walked into the party instead, we just align in this really like cosmic deep way that I am like could not have foreseen and I'm so grateful for. I love that. No, I definitely, and it kind of comes back to, you know, I was saying earlier about like, you know, when non-monogamy kind of changes your philosophy, you know, you tend to look at those relationships differently where it's like, you know, if someone walks out of your life, obviously you miss them and everything. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it leaves room. It kind of leaves that door open for new connections to come in. And, you know, that's something that like, unfortunately, monogamous people just don't get to experience because I feel like, you know, it, it, most of the time, you know, they they break up with like with one partner and immediately they want to like go into something else and rather yeah. than like just like letting yeah. it flow, letting it see who comes like in and out and kind of like really taking the time to see how people like fit in. And as our friend Danny always says people are in your life either for a reason a season or a lifetime wow I which love I, that. Yeah. I love that too and so like but it just reminds me I'm like I don't need everyone to like come in and be a lifetime like some people can just not enough in. hours in the day yeah exactly <laughs> exactly like someone, someone can just come in for a season you enjoy them you mm-hmm. know you have a great connection and yeah. then when it's their time to go it's their time to go and then you know, someone else comes in. You actually just made me think of something that made me smile with this person. And like, by the way, before I even say this, I do want to say it is tough to spot there. And when your values are very different in that regard, but you love each other very much. And I Mm -hmm. do, while I can just be hurt personally, I do understand that like their relationship has that challenge of like, what do you do when you really care about someone? But we do want something different in this regard. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was definitely a reason, which was I was someone who mostly had a, straight friends before I moved to Los Angeles and he was my first really good gay friend and I think really opened up my world in that regard and helped me like you know be more comfortable with like my sexuality and just like my being and align with all these people who like were who had been missing and didn't know I was missing so he definitely helped me with that and I will always be grateful for that so that was his re- that was his reason yeah that yep. was why he, was in he made life. me gay America you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> I love you that, love that. I don't know. I'm trying to think. That answers a lot of my questions that I have about. Well, do you think, I mean, if I may ask, mm-hmm. do you feel like in the in the gay community that you're able, like, I know. Oh, that's a good question. Finding mm-hmm. polyamorous or open people. Do you think it's more common? Uh, common? Uh, that's been my experience is that it's not uh you definitely have your detractors who think it like it gives the whole community a bad name. But by and large, I think like most people I encounter understand that like we are not meant to ape the relationship structures of heterosexual people. That was the whole point of like, you know, being who we are, that we don't have to just do exactly what other people do. And so there is a great understanding, again, amongst most people, even if they're not in polyamorous relationships, that like we mm-hmm. don't have to like get married, have 2.5 children, you know, like we can mm-hmm. do other things, have other interests and still live very rich, fulfilling lives. I mean, my great aunt and great uncle are in their 90s. This is not leading into their polyamorous. I wish that were the story. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but they are just so whip smart and loving and with it. And they never had kids. And I think at the time that was a tough decision for them, but like they again are like very vital, wonderful people, I think in part because that wasn't the road they went down. And so I, yeah, always think just, just let people be how they are. It's not a, it's not a commentary on your life, how other people are being make fun of them behind your back if you want, but don't do it to their face. That's just rude. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, and that's another taboo is not having kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Nikki and I. I don't neither think of us want kids, kids so. and people like don't tolerate that from women they're like well why not no it's exactly a, and they, they, it's they, always see oh you're you're gonna change your oh life. that is so condescending and so common it. yeah and yeah. it's just like well, and they're like, well, what if you're 50 and you're alone? I'm like, my child shouldn't be my entertainment. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I would hope I had enough friends. Like, yeah, yeah I understand not- people die. That's why I have an army. So half yeah. of them can die and the other half can be my friends in late life. Yeah. And like other connections is true. I, I, it's like, who's going to take care of you when you're old? There's Well, certainly not adults. the government that I get. But <laughs> yeah. But well, your, oh, I was going to say to your point, I did always wonder, you know, like in on the for the gay and maybe the lesbian communities you know mm. you guys have already had to overcome you know all the heteronormative yes. shit yes. and breaking through all of those molds in society so like i could see how maybe like you know non-monogamy or polyamory might come a little bit easier because you're already kind of you've already been in a space where you've had to go outside of the box and just like look at things with a different perspective so i, I always wondered that i guess so your your answer kind of validated it i guess in a way yeah yeah i think i i <laughs> i have only encountered uh judgment a few times and one of the times it was by a friend who was just like well i just thought you were this like perfect monogamous couple i'm like so taken aback this really like upsets me and i was like hey we're fine like you don't need to worry about us and then I was driving him and some friends home and he was blowing them both in the back seat so you know you just never oh know <laughs> who's gonna <laughs> Who's calling you out for something they're about to do not 10 minutes later. Yeah. Uh, Likely well, I mean, that came from shame, You though. can just say mm-hmm, you're the mm-hmm. perfect non-monogamous couple. Yeah. yeah. You can be that. Yeah. There you go. I, yeah, I definitely, I appreciate what you two do so much because it's because, like, of people like you and the, you know, how open you are in your communications and your podcasting that like, I felt comfortable doing this. Like I'm sure some people who watch the show would not consider me a modest person, but there was a time, believe it or not. Um, but that just didn't feel like what my journey was supposed to be. I felt like I have this relationship I'm very proud of. That's like had very fun, silly moments to it, which I could like exaggerate for entertainment value, but also like hopefully teach something to people like it doesn't have to be that scary. It doesn't have to be that weird. And that felt more like what I wanted to do and could speak to. And so far, so far, so good. I'm very proud of the friends I've made and connections that have developed because of all this. And I I hope the same is true for both of you. Thanks. Yeah, no, we're all doing this together. I think, you know, that's one of the big things for us is we don't, we want people not to feel weird. Yes. Talking about, yeah, all these things. For talking about it, for, you know, whether they're in a non-monogamous relationship or not either way or whether they're kinky because we talk about kink as well we love rope play um (laughs) but um yeah either way we just we don't want them to feel weird because at the end of the day like as long as it's consenting and Mm -hmm. everyone's having fun and you know happy and growing and all that like it doesn't matter yeah Yeah. exactly it's like growing or showing either way exactly I definitely relate to you with the, you know, I did have a much more modest past. And sometimes like I look at the person that I was then, you know, that was monogamous and in a very happy marriage mm-hmm. and, you know, with a great career and, you know, kind of like. It checking. was like the cookie cutter. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It was like, yeah, checking all the boxes. Like I feel like anyone have, would have looked at me and like never guessed that like this is like the person that I become now. Mm-hmm. And I look at that version of myself and I'm like, you know, I'm proud of her. You know, mm. obviously, because, you know, even though she was all those things, she like still kept an open mind and allowed herself to explore. And like, obviously, like I am who I am today because of that person. But definitely. But then at the same time, like I look at her, too, and I'm just like, 
you know, I, I hardly remember those years. Like I'm yeah. so far gone from them that like it feels like a just an entirely different lifetime. So it, it's just sometimes it's kind of mind boggling when you look back at your journey and you see like oh, yeah. how much you've grown and like just, you know, I look back at pictures and like I said, like I look at her and I'm proud, but I just like feel you know, like she was just someone completely different in another lifetime. And yeah, it's just, it's just an interesting thing to like reflect on as you like look throughout. Yeah. I almost see, uh, past me as like a former friend, you know, and like yeah. you said, he, <laughs> he had his reason and I'm proud of him and I love him, but the version thing before you is very much happier and more self-actualized. So yeah. glad to be here. I love awesome. that. I love that perspective. I was in therapy yesterday. Actually. Yeah, you were. No, Woo. no Tuesday. I was there Tuesday. Oh, I, was, I, was I was there yesterday. I thought we were very aligned. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. Wednesday's at four with Gail. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had my session yesterday at 3 p.m. Yep. Nice, nice. 12.45 yep. with Melinda on Tuesday. <laughs> um, you can tune in. We broadcast that as well. Um. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I was there and we were just like, I don't know, we were talking about things. And she was like, well, you know, let's talk to your younger self for a minute. She's like, oh, how wow. old are you right now? And I was like um 29 no like at that moment yeah and i was like okay you're live (laughs) right and i was like i'm 18 and she goes okay well your current self talk to your you know 18 year old self what would you say and i'd be like you grow up to be a badass (laughs) wow and that's why i said i was like i'm a badass now and I do feel that way because I've grown so much. And just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was really, it was a nice moment. Can can we can we do that right now? Yeah. I want to do that. Wanna, um, Go for it. I know because they do this all the time at RuPaul uh, Drag Race, where like uh, Ru will hold up a photo of them as a kid, and they'll talk to the photo and talk to their past selves. And like, let me think, what age do I want to talk to? Um, weirdly, I think I want to talk to myself at twenty uh, and say like, you are so sure that if things don't work out right now that there's like nothing left for you and that like this is the only way things could be and like this is the only path and like if only you knew how the loving and giving you put out there is going to be reciprocated tenfold you would not worry about any of this for a second so relax enjoy eating at greek lady get laid a little more and like just uh the best is yet to come oh i I love this. This makes me like so emotional. I don't know why. Joel, are you going to do it? Wait, no, I got it. <laughs> All right, we'll end with mine. Okay, let's see. I want to talk to uh, or send a quick message to my 21 year old self um, who she got married. So on her mm. wedding day. Wow, okay. And I would just like to let her know that the marriage progresses to something you'd never thought it would end up in or never a road you never thought you'd take together um and it doesn't end how you want it to but for the best reasons and there's still a lot of love and there's still a lot of respect and there's just as much happiness on the other side as well that's what i would tell her i love that there's just as much happiness on the other side that's it (laughs) we're not crying we're all okay um no but so much i beautiful. feel like we really need to do a part two oh my that. gosh please but seriously thank you so much for all that you do we your, need it yeah, yeah the, the world needs to see it, it so thank you for putting it yeah. out 
Thank you. Well, and plug yourself. Where can we find you? <laughs> yes, please. Um, so the first three episodes are up right now at opentoitseries.com. Um, the first two can be streamed for three uh, f- for free, and a portion of the third episode, which costs three dollars and thirty three cents, it's about three cents. Um, Angel numbers. <laughs> a portion of the proceeds will go to the Translatina Coalition. They do wonderful work. Um, and if you want to follow me for updates about the show and or the occasional thirst trap, even in winter, uh, I am <laughs> at frank.arthur.smith on Instagram. Oh, love, I love that. that. And we'll include it in the we'll include the link in the bio for anyone that's interested. Check out Frank Arthur Smith and his wonderful work. Thank you again for joining us. We've loved this. And yeah, don't forget, guys, wear condoms. Be safe. Always. <laughs> <laughs> oh.